All right, welcome back everybody to another episode. So we just finished up talking about uh, Tony's sort of uh, I don't know what 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 are we even calling this? Not not the sort of post post fi exploits. Yeah. Uh, all right, post fi exploits. Yeah, sort of the transition, if you will. So we just talked about that with Tony, and uh, yeah, I guess we're going to talk about me a little bit now. Indeed. So, what do you want to hear, Tony? I want to hear a brief recap of you know how you've gotten to where you are now sure. and then uh journalism school one-on-one isn't to ask two questions at the same time but i'm gonna do it <laughs> and then maybe and then maybe how uh how close to actually taking you know advantage of your situation you are yeah sure uh yeah so my quick background i mean i'm i'm 34 uh i'm married my wife and I have both, we went to college and then we've worked ever since then. Uh, so I worked like a corporate job. You know, I made like $55,000 fresh out of school. And then slowly I've been working for, I don't know what now, 10 years or something. So my salary has improved slightly. Um, and um, uh, so anyway, the reason I'm saying that my wife did the same and we have some money in like 401ks and savings from that. And then in 2018, my daughter was born um, and it is 2021 for those in the five years in the future listening. Um, And since then, we've gotten six apartments, uh, another single family house with an Airbnb on it. So uh, four properties total Um, and I guess like seven kind of income doors and then one that we live in and uh, the house that we live in, we're also going to set up in such a way that when we leave for extended periods of time, we can rent it out Uh, um, because we want to be, we just want to do whatever we want basically. (laughs) Um, So yeah, uh, we, we really did couple that with like sort of some defensive spending stuff. So our budget is low or a one car household, we cook a lot, rice, beans. Uh, we're going to buy like half of a cow to save money, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. What's uh, uh, what's also interesting is that you've done kind of moderate location arbitrage, I suppose, because you, you mm, still have a yes. work, you still have a work from remote. You have a work remote job. You've gone mm-hmm. from California expenses to Pittsburgh expenses. Now you're mm-hmm. kind of in the middle with uh, Colorado expenses. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everything, you know, I was in Los Angeles before. Um, so everything is cheaper than that other than San Francisco and New York city. So uh, yeah, it's much closer to Pittsburgh where I am right now in terms of cost of living. Um, yes. So that, yes, that, and that was a major that was a major enabler just in terms of my ability to have a little more control over my schedule. I switched to a job that was a little more output. So essentially I, I write things and they get reviewed. And then, uh, you know, if they like what I wrote, then it, it sort of gets published. Um, and that's, that's kind of the cadence, right? So uh, you imagine like book writers don't drive to an office and uh, like, right amongst the other people, right? It's a much more independent workflow, um, which wouldn't have been great for me when I was young. But, you know, by the time I had like a wife, a family and a pretty solid social circle, 
was, you know, I was fine with making work sort of uh, a smaller part of, you know, my social fulfillment. So anyway, that's, that was really the enabling stuff there. So we basically lowered our expenses and uh, improved our income streams. I guess I should also note my wife started her own bookkeeping business. Um, so that it's a significant reduction in the salary she used to make. But, uh, you know, in terms of like raw flexibility, uh, she does that and she is the primary caretaker for our daughter. And, uh, and she also helps manage the properties. So that has been, um, you know, those are the trade-offs. So yeah, we're kind of, you know, switching gears into your next question, journalism 101. I forget exactly what it was, but I think it was like, what are you going to do next? A simplification. Well, a simplification of the question. See, that's why they tell you not to ask two questions because you already forgot what the second one was. Yeah. But you did a good job focusing on the first one. So you kind of bailed me out as a, uh, amateur journalist. Um, (laughs) anyway, the second question was like, where are you as far as, so say, percentage wise oh, yeah. of, of covering your of covering your base of your base like expenses so does your current you know passive income cover your most basic expenses yes it does um it's a little hard for me to answer that we literally just closed on a house on monday uh like a week ago but um uh yes my expectation is essentially we will be net neutral on everything except for healthcare, essentially. Um, um, so yeah, what and then what that means is basically our housing is paid for, our groceries are paid for, our car is already paid off, but you know we're gonna pay like our cell phone bills and stuff. So you know we want some money for you know like we travel a couple times a year. You know what I mean? So we want some walking around money and mm-hmm. um, and we have some cash reserves there. Um, and then really the other thing is like, you know, some of this is just like access to money, right? Like we have stuff in retirement accounts and even though technically the, like the wealth that it generates, uh, would match our income, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily accessible. Yeah. So, so that's also, um, that's part of something we need to sort of figure out, but, um, kind of dovetailing into what you had said earlier, I, I don't particularly aspire to like. Uh, the do nothing retirement chapter of my life, you know, I want to have control over my time and have more, more, even more flexibility than I do now. So I think very similar to, to your episode, you know, like I manage people at work um, and they need stuff, right. They hit me up. They have questions. Sometimes I just want emotional support. Sometimes I actually need technical support. And I basically am in the process of, I probably need to sort of promote them to be like fully independent and, and be available sort of as like a, an advisor, uh, but like change the expectation of like, you know, it's great if you keep me in the loop on what's going on, but like, this is your responsibility. Right. Um, so, and so some people are, seem to be uh, like naturally doing that and other people not so much. So that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um and um, so, yeah, we're, we're about at 100%. I'm going to work anyway. We'll see if I sort of take my current job and just say, hey, guys, this has been great. Uh, I think I'm going to go to the next chapter of things. But if you want to keep me on as a consultant. Uh, if you want to pay do- me double my salary as a consultant, uh, <laughs> feel free. Yes, pretty much. Um, and then, yeah, I have like a couple irons in the fire 
but but I mean, I think basically where we're at is like I could work kind of any job that makes like thirty thousand a year, and if it provides healthcare, then boom, we're like completely set. Um, and then for me, it's just like okay, well, this shouldn't be a job where yeah, um, they expect me to be on the phone or you know some of my more personal ambitions, which is basically like you know, we've, we've solved a lot of the things that money can fix in our life. And now it's, there's just certain things that money can't fix, right? Like you have to take care of your health. Uh, you know, you only have so many Christmases with your family. You only, you know, uh, you know, learning music, learning languages, sort of artistic fulfillment. So trying to, uh, make that more of a priority. Um, and, um, and yeah, that's kind of where we're at. So I can sort of talk about what, how that's going to look for our businesses. I think that might, maybe that would be most helpful for the listeners, but um, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think the takeaway there is that you've put yourself in a position where if we reference the blogosphere, the blogosphere again, you would be barista fi, which is like um, your expenses cover the vast majority of your needs. So like your base, base levels of the Maslow's, hierarchy thing or paid for which is great um but you still do need income to be able to pursue you know the things in life that make it worth living so to speak um like all the all the extra stuff just to give yourself some fulfillment so that's kind of where you are so so that's a good place to be i think that's you know a lot of times whenever people pursue phi they almost in their head skip over that option but the nice thing about that option is that if you don't like if something feels heavy you can drop it like if you get a new boss that's a tyrant wants you to come into the office live in san francisco uh work from there just everything like that you can just say you know what man Uh, here's my two weeks i'm i'm good I, i don't need that Um, Yeah. I'm deciding to stay in my job now. That is exactly right. Yeah. If you talk to my wife, she would probably say we are FI. I'm just not quite comfortable there. (laughs) That's the the other dynamic. That's a uh, part we skipped, but we don't really need to, because I think we're both still struggling with that is like when it's kind of the question of like, I, I, it's almost an analogy, like the stock market, like everybody knows to hold losses. Like if you've lost just, you know, it'll go back up, just hold losses. But, uh, it's always hard to sell when games. Sell. So yeah. it's like, yeah. when do you, when do you just say enough is enough and take the, take the leap? That's a hard, hard question to answer. Yeah. And I think, you know, honestly, part of it, my life is just very dynamic right now. I mean, we literally in the last 60 days, we moved across the country, resettled, you know, lots of new things. So probably in six months, I'll have a really good idea of like, are we there? Right. So it's really nice that even without that stability, I'm pretty much like, uh, I sort of have a few money a little bit, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, my boss tells me to, you know, bend over backwards and like, yeah, take a business trip to Asia tomorrow. I mean, like, that sounds like a great, sounds like a great idea for someone else, but that's not what I'm, you know, that's not what I'm about now. So, so yeah, now, Um, now maybe just talk a little bit about, um, you know, now that you've achieved this, uh, what you plan on doing with it. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, well, for me, it's just, uh, you mean like, how am I going to spend the time? Uh, yeah, the time and, you know, anything really that you plan on doing from here forward. Yeah. 
I mean, so before I, I sort of, uh, you talked about going on a, a, like a hiking trip for several months. For me, I, I went to Belgium for three months a couple years ago. And I was like, really cool. But by the end of three months, I was like, this is too much. I need more stuff to do. And one of the things that I've really enjoyed since I started doing this is my days just feel so full. Like the time does not feel like it's flying by. I feel like every day is a grind a little bit, but not, not like a brutal grind, just like saturated. So I just want to keep that feeling going. Um, like I, I actually just took a surf trip to Mexico with some friends and it's super fun, but like even being around them, I was like, they just don't do like, even on vacation, I was like, I would like to do like a little more stuff. Like I was the one making breakfast for everybody every day. I, I just, I want to do stuff. You know, I could, you're an energy there. guy. I guess so. Um, it's probably a pain in the ass for people sometimes, but, but <laughs> anyway, so I just want to keep doing stuff. So for me, uh, like I've tears of my meniscus and my knee, uh, and I just want to like properly take care of that. Right. My father has had surgery on both of his legs. So I want to essentially like do the things I know I'm supposed to do. So I don't have to have surgery, just like very basic stuff. Right. Strong uh, minds, weak knees. Yes. This is something like that. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I need to learn some music because it's something I want to teach my daughter really. And also it's something I enjoy. I was, I used to paint before my daughter is so just, you know, like some of that fulfillment. Um, and candidly, I enjoy the real estate. I, I don't know if I need to do like only real estate specifically, but I know how to do it. And it is nice having a hobby that makes a little money. Um, and basically everywhere in the world, there's real estate, right? It's not like this very specific skill. So I just like, so I'll probably keep doing that because I like it. Um, and then, um, and then it's just, you know, time with family, you know, uh, my parents are separated and they're scattered all across the United States. So even just like getting time with them is, you know, just requires energy and time and, uh, and, uh, keeping up with friends. I have friends on like both coasts of the United States now. So just kind of those things, you know, maybe two trips with friends a year, probably about two and a half months with family every year, grow a home garden and, uh, like, you know, make sure my bones don't rot out. My tendons don't hmm. snap, turn into frozen taffy and snap. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, uh, we're trying to have another child. So, you know, making sure that those are priorities. And I have recognized that like one of the, one of the things I didn't fully appreciate is it, we've had a very dynamic environment for my daughter. Uh, we've moved probably six times since she's been born. She's, she's going to turn three in 10 days. So that's a ton of, you know, it's a pretty unstable environment. So just creating like a stable place for her where she really feels at home and she feels comfortable and uh, good, um, partially to also enable some of that travel. Um, that That's definitely a priority. You know, so, I mean, this is just like, yeah, probably, you know, nothing super mind-blowing, right? It's like, you know. I'll you know, say what I gather from that is that, you know, I think a lot of times whenever you work a corporate job or even your own business or whatever, there's always a lot of focus on like work-life balance mm -hmm. as a concept. And I've always thought that that was kind of BS. It's, it's like hokey. there's yeah. no such thing as a perfect work-life balance. But if you achieve financial independence, if you sort out the money thing, it 
gets you a lot closer to a comfortable work-life balance. There's always going to be something kind of, you know, overshadowing the other, you know, it's a constant push and pull type sure. uh, dynamic. But once you have the, even the fact that right now, like you and I both are in a position where assuming nothing catastrophic happens, I know retirement is taken care of. Like, mm. I don't, I don't have to worry about not saving enough money and ending up being like 70 years old and being put in a nursing home and not being able to afford it. Like that's not, you know, or having my family basically, you know, even though they love you, like you becoming a financial burden yeah. to your family. Like I know that that's taken care of. And even that part of it takes so much pressure off of the, uh, the finances side of things. Like you're basically, then you're just funding your day to day. And it's like, you know, I know my long-term life is mostly taken care of and really to the listeners, like, I mean, you're not, you're not some like fantastically wealthy trust fund kid that has a bunch of money or even that got lucky and sold a business. You've got a few properties and money saved up and invested in retirement accounts and everything. And, and that puts you in a place where, where you're comfortable, you know, with your retirement. And so even taking small steps, like, like buying just a couple rental properties, if you think about it, that gets you close to being retirement funded. Like if you do it early enough, if you start in your thirties and then those things get paid off in 30 years, you're basically sitting on, you know, over a million dollars in equity. Yeah. I mean, if I was, you know, uh, if I was a single guy, I would be FI right now, right? I, I would have a house. I'd rent out a couple rooms. I have the apartments and we'd be done with, you know, with, with my family. I'm not going to do that. Right. I don't want strangers in my house, but, <laughs> um, but I do think like the message for the listener hopefully is there, you know, a lot of people think about work-life balance in like a 24 hour window or maybe a one week window. And I think it, it is better to think about it in a lifetime window, you know, maybe between 20 and 50, say something like that. And it's basically like, Hey, can I do something for the next five in your case, eight, and in my case, maybe 12 years um, and do that pretty focused and, and intensively. And then the next X years uh, I can counterbalance that largely however I want. Um, uh, and, and it's a personal decision, right? Like I was just in Los Angeles and there's people that are driving range drivers that have, you know, going to whole foods and getting this and that. So, you know, if that's like, you need, need, need that in your life, that's a different thing. But for me personally, that doesn't bring more joy or fulfillment, especially, you know, I mean, do I like nice cars and do I like eating healthy food? Yes. Uh, I'd rather have that than like a, a broken down car and <laughs> Cheetos, but uh, you know, compared to like riding my bike or being outside and, you know, doing other things, uh, it's a no brainer for me. So, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, figuring, figuring out that flexibility, um, is really important. And, um, it's really like five to 10 years of sacrifice to set yourself up to be in a good place for the remainder of your life. So the earlier you start, the better, the more yeah. flexible your life situation, the better. But, um, you know, it, it doesn't take like, I mean, I make a pretty good salary now, but when I started, I made a super 
pretty average salary. Um, and just buying a few buildings, even if I'd only be at like 10 units right now, I'd still be in a super awesome place. And I could have done that on my, my original salary, just, you know, yeah. one building every year, use an FHA loan, refinance out the FHA loan, move to another one, sacrifice a little bit of that, you know, not living in a fancy apartment, not, you know, not having right. a place all to myself, sacrifice that stuff for five to 10 years. And then you're set up to where the next, you know, three plus decades of your life, assuming you don't have some unfortunate event happen to you, which is always a possibility, but assuming nothing happens to you, you're set up to, you know, build life as you please. Like just, you know, what do you want to focus on and make that yeah. your priority? Yeah. I mean, for me, like I had student loan debt, I had credit card debt. I had to work for a couple of years to save up the down payment. I met my wife. She had been saving too. So that helps of course, but uh, you know, it would have been even easier for me to do it without my wife. Right. It'd be easier to like have roommates without mm -hmm. my wife around. And uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't have investors. The government lent me the money. I mean, how did I find the deals? Well, uh, there was someone who literally sent them to me and said, why don't you buy these? <laughs> so like, you know, all things considered, like if you want, you know, this, this might sound like kind of disgusting to some people that are listening to this, right? Like, oh, you, you just like don't want to do anything, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. But if you want to be able to basically say, hey, I want to spend my time how I want, or I want to have the opportunity to make a decision to spend the time how I want, or just not maybe not even have the stress about, you know, worrying about money, maybe you have to take care of your parents and you need some money that way. This is essentially like a playbook that's open to anybody who's willing to like put in a little sweat. And yes, you're not going to have the like, you know, the nicest, newest version of everything. Right. Um, and what's really weird now is like, I just, you know, I used to live in Los Angeles, had my daughter moved across the country and I just went back. So I guess three years, literally three years. And I just saw my friends and they're like, to them, in those three years, they think I've like won the lottery or something. You know what I mean? And, and it's, uh, I mean, it's not like I did anything special. Yeah. There's no magic to it. Right. We nope. just did it. Uh, we read about it, you know, yes, we took risk, right. It wasn't guaranteed, but I'll be very honest. Neither is my job, you know, like yep. it's, it's very possible. I work in the mortgage industry. It's very possible the rates go up, you know, and they say, hey, downsized. We, yeah, we're going to do a reduction in force. And, uh, you know, it's not your control at all. Exactly. It's not something. Whereas uh, this real, real estate stuff we control. Yeah, you'll right. always you'll always have that, assuming some crazy change doesn't happen. That's unforeseeable, really. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a good point, too. Um, not to drag this episode out too much, but. Whenever you think about this or whenever you're listening to any kind of real estate or financial independence stuff, content, whatever, I think a lot of times people focus too much on the beginning and the end. Mm. And it's like they see what people who have achieved it have it have at the end. And they're like, oh, I can't do that. They had all these advantages. They did all these things or like, look at how much they make now. Like, I can't do that, whatever. And really, 
it's all building up. There's all this time in between and nobody cares. Nobody romanticizes. Nobody talks about the in-between that much. Most average people just look at the end and the beginning. And the beginning is always, that's too much sacrifice. I don't want to do that. That sounds really crappy. That sounds uncomfortable. But yes, it is. That's not untrue, those complaints. But that period lasts like, you know, five years, six years, seven years, whatever. And then you get to that end point that at the beginning, people were saying, that's impossible. You can't do that. And anybody can do it, I believe. I mean, there's certain people that like, you know, you're in a rough situation, like you don't make much money. Maybe you got a lot of debt. You got to figure that out first. Like you got to get yourself out of that situation. You got to train yourself to get a better job. You got to, you know, focus Mm -hmm. on paying down your debt, set yourself up. But as soon as you do that, and there's thousands of stories of people doing that. I mean, I don't have that background. Like, that's not me. I started early, like, you know, yeah, I respect Dave, those people. Thing, right? Yeah, but I, I'm not going to lie. I like, you know, my parents, I, I had a good basis of like, don't put yourself in too much debt, you know, figure yourself mm-hmm. out, pay off your debt quickly. I did that early in life, so I didn't have to struggle in that way. But there's plenty of other content people out there that had that background, maybe because they didn't have somebody in their life telling them, you know, you need to focus on these things. They didn't have like a, a mentor and a parent or somebody from an early age that got them on the right track. So if that's you, if you're in that situation, maybe direct yourself to some of that kind of content, you know, Dave Ramsey, who is kind of just a marketing guy at this point. I think some of his, I don't, I don't listen to it, but yeah, some of his books and stuff from early on, I think it was a little bit more, um, you know, solid content. Now I feel like they're a marketing machine where they just, they do referral fees for financial advisors and stuff, but the basics Mm -hmm. there, the getting yourself out of debt stuff, like that's the content you should be doing. And then once you get yourself set up to a point where you're, you're flexible, then you need to focus on how do I get myself to a point where my passive income pays for my life. And then no matter what your station is, where you are, as soon as you can get yourself to that point and and anybody can at any level there's hundreds of thousands of stories out there of people doing it from all different backgrounds just focus on that and realize that it is going to suck for five years six years seven years whatever you got you have to embrace the suck so to speak (laughs) and then but then after that there's this whole world of opportunity where you can build your life as you see fit and uh, you just got to do it that's you know that's the takeaway and I don't think it has to like, you know, it doesn't suck like military boot camp suck, right? No. It kind of, it's just like. You're not turning yourself into a, uh, what do the Navy SEALs call it? A sugar cookie where you get wet from training and you roll around in the sand and then you have to do training all day with all sandy. <laughs> That's not, that does sound, yeah, it's, it's not like that. It's just like, yeah, your friends are going to be like, oh yeah, we just got this brand new leather couch or, you know, whatever, right? And you're just not going to, you're not going to do that. Right. And sometimes maybe you're going to hear your neighbor through the wall. You know what I mean? It's kind of, you know, you're going to be, you're, li- you're going to live probably slightly lower than the quality of life that your friends or your peers have. Right. And in the back of your mind, you're just going to say, I'm doing this because I see this thing on the horizon, right. Whatever that is. Right. For me, the inflection point, I was always kind of this way, but the really strong inflection point for our family was my wife got pregnant and we went to a daycare and we were like, wow, we're going to have to drop off like our two month old kid here and like go to work. Yeah. Like 
what? <laughs> like, you know, that's not, especially like before the baby's born and you don't realize that being away from the kid for a little while might be, be relaxing. It's like, yeah, I have no desire for that, you know? So yeah, I, I don't know what the inflection point will be for everyone else, but um, watch their first steps in a video from the daycare. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. that. Or first mm-hmm. words. Yes. So um, yes, I think uh, I hope everyone has that moment. Uh, yeah. Because I will say probably the only thing I would do differently with what we're doing now is I would have started sooner. I mean, you know, there's lots of little details I would have adjusted, but like in terms of the macro strategy, uh, yeah, it's there. And it's like a dialed playbook. Like I'm, I'm almost hesitant to talk about it anymore because so many people are talking about it. Like it's, it's a very reliable technique and path, you know, it's just got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, get your finances in order, get a little savings fund, and then proceed into the jungle. Indeed. That's, That's a good place to end there. So um, so yeah, any final thoughts for the listeners before we go? Just kind of no, did that, huh? Those are my final thoughts, yeah. There we go. Well, uh, we'll talk to everybody next week then. And uh, I guess that's that's it for this series on FI. Yes, indeed. All right. See you, Tony. See you, everybody. Bye.